0: Students, welcome to Answers to Gospel Questions. It's September 22nd. We're so glad that you're here. We're continuing our uh, our week exploring questions related to the translation process of the Book of Mormon. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about how the Pearl of Great Price uh, came to be. You know the Pearl of Great Price. Uh, it's one of my favorite books of Scripture. Brother Wing joins me now, uh, and I know he loves the program price how are you doing today brother? Wing?
1: oh this day has been really good to me
0: when you were yeah well you're living in arkansas every day is a great day in arkansas the arkansas state food is pork and beans the state bird i believe is a fried chicken uh the <laughs> or a mocking <monkey> bird <laughs> not a live bird but you know i don't know about you brother Wing. when i was a kid I used to flip open the pages of uh, pro great price. And I saw those pictures there in uh, the book of Abraham I thought that was the coloring book part of the scriptures. And so I used to color those in a little bit. There's a lot, but as I got older, I found out that there was a lot of people that have some serious issues with the book of Abraham. Uh, many uh, Egyptologists have looked at the, those pictures and say, no, that's not, what is in those pictures is not what's depicted in the Book of Abraham, um, and has really caused a lot of people to struggle with their faith in a prophet. Again, the premise being that Joseph Smith just looks at stuff and can just turn it into English by looking at it, um, not necessarily understanding the translation process. What can you teach us today about the translation uh, of the Book of Abraham?
1: Yeah, so this is a great topic and. You know, I'm going to start in a very awkward place with this topic the content of the book of Abraham. Oh, you're
0: actually going to look at the, the things that the book of Abraham
1: says? So I've read and heard and, you know, talked to people who have, you know, had problems or supposed problems with the book of Abraham. Oddly, just like the Book of Mormon, they seem to avoid the content a lot. But how do you um,
0: suppose that they would avoid the content and attack well, rather the history?
1: Yeah, but I don't know exactly. I guess that's where they feel like they've got an argument maybe, but the content really undercuts their arguments. Um, but um, I think it's, I think it's worth putting out first, like look what the book of Abraham contributes to our understanding here. You know, it clarifies that the covenant God made with Abraham began before the foundations of the earth and is passed down through Adam and Noah and other prophets. Um it uh, accounts for the faith of Abraham and other like has these really rich accounts of their faith, you know, and the Abra- and more details about the Abrahamic covenant and Abraham's vision and understanding of astronomy, you know, uh, as well as the pre mortal existence. Um, a really great one is to verify that God organized material to create the Earth. It was not made out of out of nothing, uh, so to speak, and, and it also gives a very insightful account of the creation. So these are, these are great things worth considering, really cool to study. Um, and then if there is a question about uh, the authenticity, it's also it's quite cool to then look at like some things that are in uh, the, co- the content of the book of Abraham that's not in the Bible, but is supported by other records that Joseph could not have known or was super unlikely that he could have even known about. Uh, much less had access to um, at his day. And so, you know, like Abraham's father worshiping false gods and potentially sacrificing him, that's been verified by non-biblical accounts as well. Human sacrifice in Egypt, um, the reference to the plain of olishim is an especially compelling one. Um, again, Abraham's knowledge of astronomy and teaching in Pharaoh's court, like those are other things that have been verified by other sources um abraham claiming that sarai was his sister as as divine counsel that he was received is another interesting one that's verified so as i these are just like joseph smith got super lucky or these are indications that there's some evidence here that is worth considering and just give the book of abraham a chance and then go study the content and see what it can also do for you spiritually
0: It's pretty exciting, I think, especially with the discovery of the the Dead Sea Scrolls. It seems like the Book of Abraham is just kind of just coming into its own right now. More and more evidence exists that the Book of Abraham is is legit, like from outside scholarship, at least. Um, But even those outside scholars kind of avoid some of the the content, like the the spiritual nature of that content, and so it's fine, you know. If again, if a if a scholar tells us, "Yeah, the Book of Abraham's legit. All this stuff matches up." That still doesn't necessarily uh, prove. Well, it might. It might prove the validity of the Book of Abraham, but but you're saying that's not the important part of the Book of Abraham. The actual the the, the truths that are restored, the um, the revelation we can receive from reading his pages. That's where the the power comes from. So. How did the book of Abraham, how did we even get the book of Abraham? Like, well, don't tell me about the history, but what do you know about the translation? Of, yeah,
1: of it? yeah. I mean, it is. And, and I think other places you can go, the, the church's gospel topics essay on this, is, and there's tons of other places you can go to get a good history of this, which would take more time than what we've got here. Uh, but when, when Joseph obtained uh, some mummies with some texts uh, with them, he was obviously more interested in the texts than the, that sounds pretty creepy to me to have a mummy around, but than the mummies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, kind of cool, I guess, so, you know, <laughs> history people would love it. Um, but I, you know, it is, it is acknowledged. And just like we talked about last time that there's, you know, you can't always explain the tre- the revelatory process that led to us obtaining scripture, whether it's, you know, biblical or other texts, you know, you, you're not going to be able to explain the process in, in perfect detail, Um, And here we've, we've just got some things where there's, there's these rolls that were taken, but there was apparently eyewitnesses said that the book of Abraham came from what was called the long roll, you know, this, but we don't have that long roll. So then how can we verify the authenticity of it? But then there were fragments, additional fragments that were found in 1967, you know, and then those don't seem to match up with the content of the book of Abraham. So then some people would say, well, see, he was lying. Or did, maybe the text didn't come from those, <laughs> those fragments. And so we just don't have, and, you know, obviously there was a, you know, they think that the, the lar- long roll went to a museum in Chicago that was then burned, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's there's that problem with trying to like explore this uh, in a historical way to kind of verify texts, you know, there's another interesting criticism that it says that it was written by the hand uh of abraham you know that there's that criticism but then it's like the and the recovered fragments that they have only date date back to like 200 bc but that's this is a pretty simple boring explanation that we have lots of texts that were written by the hand you know because everything that we have of the bible for example is a copy of a copy of a copy it's not wasn't like the original author wrote on it with his hand. Anyway, We don't have
0: Peter's actual handwriting or even Jesus's actual handwriting.
1: I don't think so. We got copies of copies of copies. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, so that's just a kind of a, a, a cheap criticism, I think, of the book of Abraham. Um, and, you know, Egyptologists of uh, m- most maybe would kind of refute what the what Joseph Smith says the facsimiles mean and don't match them, but there's not universal agreement among Egyptologists about what those mean anyway. Um, but, uh, but we would agree that most Egyptologists would probably disagree with Joseph right now.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I think that that is, you know, Joseph didn't say a whole lot about the translation of, or if anything at all about the translation. And so again, we're just left to to speculate how that happened. And I love that. One of the things I love, I love that Joseph Smith didn't say much about the translation process because look how far people are getting into the weeds in their, um, as they just ponder and think about it. I think if Joseph would have um, talked more about the translation process of the book of Abraham and the book of Mormon, I think that it would have led to even more uh, people not focusing on the content of the pages. Joseph, like we said last time in the podcast, jo- it was never the intent of of the Lord to have people studying the where these uh, revelations came from and how they came, uh, but rather the content of it is what the Lord wants us to really internalize. All right, what else, Anything else you want to tell us about the book of Abraham?
1: Yeah, just the, um, we don't have all, apparently we don't have all of it, all of the mm-hmm. translation. Like they're, you know, when they were publishing this and, they, they said there's more to come and then we never got more, um, with it. So we don't, there's tons of questions about where the text is or where it went, ended up being, and how we can try to verify that in a different way than just by revelation. Um, plus we don't have it all, uh, as well, but what we do have is the issue. And, um, that's where I just would conclude this, uh, the same with the Book of Mormon, that at the end of the day, we can, I like doing this study. I I liked learning more about the book of Abraham uh, as well. Just like, you know, all the details about history and the criticisms against it and Egyptology. And I'm not an Egyptologist, but it's just fun to kind of learn about what people are saying. But at the end of the day, I got the book Abraham in front of me and I can use it. And there's some great content in there to bless us. I mean, read Abraham chapter three, It's just wonderful. Learn about the Abrahamic covenant in Abraham chapter two, learn about Abraham's personal example in Abraham chapter one, verse two. I mean, that's one of my favorite verses um, of all. It's just so fantastic. And we are children of Abraham. Like we can look to him as an example. And so I, I love the book and I love the content and we can, you know, uh, Elder Ballard tells a story about someone who was losing their faith and, you know, lost their faith in Joseph Smith, that he was a prophet and then he had him read the Book of Mormon every day and come back. He's going to answer his questions. And then the guy comes back after reading the Book of Mormon again, and it was like, "Hey, I'm good. <laughs> I got a testimony <laughs> again." And then it, uh, Elder Ballard was like, "Hey, well, you're going to get your answers anyway. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> studied I studied all this. I really worked hard on those answers, so <laughs> you're going to get all the knowledge part as well. Anyway, you know, the 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 uh, historical knowledge part. And uh, but then after he was done, Elder Ballard asked this. Uh, his, it was one of his former missionaries when he was a mission president, he said, what did you learn from all this? And apparently the the return missionary reported back, he said, I learned to give the Lord equal time. And I think that's a big point. So with this topic as, and many others, like, yeah, I think it's fun. Like go learn about this, like go to reliable sources, of course, but learn all you can about this and it, or all you're interested in learning about it. Because Some of it can be boring, but but learn, learn what you want. It's great. Like, no, we want truth. And so we'll take it however it comes, but also give the Lord equal time. And so if the Lord's provided words to you in revelation and scripture, like we'll take those words and use them and, and pray and let God talk to you about all of these
0: subjects, like give him, give him a say in this as well. Oh, that's beautiful, brother wing. I love that students. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Our next time, our next class. Uh, is going to be Fat Friday, so feel free to uh, text us, email us, talk to us, share questions with us uh, on any subject, whether the translation processes that we've been talking about this week or any other gospel topics, we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that and try to answer those on Friday's podcast. But in the meantime, we love your guts. Everybody stay righteous.